it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Comedy Alive from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who didn't wipe $3 billion off Bud Light's market cap this week. No, that was a gentleman by the name of Dylan Mulvaney who did it. We're going to discuss it with Katie Pavlich, but first we will dive into the Democratic Party's decision to hold its 2024 convention in the city of Chicago. That's stupid. Use your common sense. I mean, man, now in their defense, the Democrats wanted to have it someplace safer, but Beirut was taken. Uh, we're going to dive into that. Daniel Turner's going to stop by to discuss Biden's latest attempt to force everyone in the country to drive an electric car. This is total crap. Is it ever? And they want you to believe it's better for the environment. Stop lying to us. We got the facts on that as well. 888 if you want a piece of this thing. Also, the phone number, if you don't want a piece of this thing, everybody is welcome. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. You could be a Republican on the show, be a libertarian, be an independent. You could be a furry. You could be walking around in a dog costume right now, like Hillary. Remember in the 2016 campaign? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you want. Okay, all we ask is that you don't be a There it is. Happy Wednesday. It is a big Wednesday. Not only on the radio, but if you're watching Failavision, uh, I am hosting Kennedy tonight at 7 p.m. on the Fox Business Network. People are fired up about that. I get to write the topical storm. You know, I got started in here at Fox as a writer on Kennedy's show. I used to write the topical storm every night. So I get to write it tonight. And I get to deliver it myself in my own words. It's exciting stuff. And when that's over, I will be moving over to the Fox News Channel at 9 p.m. You will see me with Sean Hannity in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> Two choice venues. Uh, Unlike the 2024 Democratic National Convention, did they choose a choice venue by holding this thing in Chicago? The answer would be no. And nobody knows better than Barack Obama, who thought so much of Chicago that the minute he finished his presidency, he built a home in Hawaii and over in Martha's Vineyard. Don't be thick, all right? Now, don't get me wrong. His presidential library is there, and it's being accused of displacing thousands of members of the minority community by the fact that they've eminent domained them right out of their homes. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But the point is Obama, with the exception of his library, which he's muscling people out of their houses to build, wants no part of Chicago. He's not hanging out in Chicago. Why? Chicago is the murder capital and the carjacking capital of the world. There is no worse infomercial for democratic policies than the city of Chicago. Tell it like it is. Okay, maybe California. If you want to argue California, which, to be fair, because of its climate, has become the world's largest outdoor restroom. Meaning 
just to be clear, the policies are the policies. The Newsom policies are the Lightfoot policies in Chicago or the J.B. Pritzker's policies in Chicago are the policies of liberal New York City. They all have the same thing in common. They are run by Democrats, and they really just have turned into crime-ridden toilets. They're disgusting. Okay, California probably leads the league in outdoor potty just because it's a little warmer year round. Yeah, it gets a little cold out there. <laughs> you know, you try to go number two in Chicago in the dead of winter. You know, it's going to sting a little bit is the point. But in terms of crime, in terms of death, in terms of poverty, 30 percent of the businesses on Chicago's uh, magnificent mile there on Michigan Avenue, 30 percent of the businesses are now empty. Okay, this is a city in serious decline. Why is it in serious decline? Because it's run by woke leadership. Everything woke turns to And I don't take any joy in saying that. You know my honeymoon, I'm not even kidding, was in Chicago? I got married in Ohio with the great Jenny Fallon. We got married in Salina, Ohio, right on the border of Indiana. And uh, we were going to, uh, right there in the Grand Lake St. Mary's, hey girl, And I was going on the road to do stand-up at colleges uh, in the week right after my wedding. So Jenny and I took a little drive over to Chicago and watched a bunch of Cubs games and drank a ton of beer and ate a bunch of Giordano's stuffed crust pizza. Went over to Downtown Dogs. We ate the duck fat fries. And we just slammed one old-style beer after another. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. I disagree. It was a phenomenal way to go through a honeymoon. But we love Chicago. I have gone back to Chicago every August for the past 10 years for talk show boot camp, which is like an industry mixer that goes on. You know, I tell a couple of jokes and, you know, run up a nice bar tab during the day. It's a good time. But the point is I don't take any joy in saying Chicago has become a hellhole, but that's exactly what it's become. And by Democrats using this to showcase their 2024 nominee, whoever it happens to be, I got to tell you, as strategies go, this is dumb. This is like, imagine OJ had a dating profile and his profile picture was the crime scene outside Nicole's house. Like, I don't know that you want to, that you want to, you know, advise the purchaser what might go wrong on the date. Okay, but when the Democrats in 2024 make the case for another four years in office in downtown Chicago, what they're really telling you to do is vote Republican. And I'm telling you, man, it's bad. I laugh about this stuff because it's a coping mechanism. I'm one of those people that comedy was built for. That's why I'm always against, you know, canceling comedy. That's why I'm always against censoring comedy. For a lot of people, comedy is where they go to take their power, take the power away from the problems, the torments they feel in their everyday life. Yeah, the bills are crushing you. So you go to a comedy club, you have a few laughs, you don't feel so trampled for a few minutes. When you get out of the club, you're still beat up, but you have like, you know, some spiritual currency. You're not any wealthier, but you feel wealthier emotionally for having accumulated that good time. That's the point of comedy for a lot of people. It's a survival skill, the ability to laugh at yourself, the ability to laugh at your torments. Okay, it gets a lot of people by, and I always have to employ it when I'm talking about cities that I love. That's what sucks about it. Like, I grew up on the East Coast. You know, love New York. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. The big city. The first time I went to New York, we went to see the Christmas tree and the Radio City, uh, you know, Christmas Spectacular. And a guy running, running to catch a subway, 
literally decked me with a briefcase. I was like six years old, knocked me senseless. I was on the ground smelling something what I assumed had to be pee. And by the time, you know, I grew to be an adult, I did, you know, spend enough time walking around New York and driving around New York in a taxi to realize, oh, yeah, that was definitely pee on the sidewalk that day. But I got to tell you, as I laid there, I felt great. I was like, this is amazing. It was so primal. It was so intense. There were so many people, so many cars, so many sounds, so many things to see. And it was, I really love the energy, the frantic, frenetic pace of a city. Love it. So growing up in New York, knowing I had such a kick out of it, I had always romanticized those other faraway cities I'd see on TV. San Francisco was a big deal to me when I was a little kid. I would just watch the beginning of Fuller House and just lose my mind. You know, Chicago, just the same. We love Chicago. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember in vacation when they're driving west, they wind up in the city of Chicago? Please, can you give me uh, directions on how to get to the freeway? Go f*** your mama. You know, that whole thing. Roll them up. That whole thing. Okay. Loved it. Always romanticized these cities. So to see them in the state of decline they happen to be in is not something that I enjoy. But, you know, we've got to be honest. In the inner cities right now, okay, where people are really – Dealing with, we're talking about a 35% spike in the black death rate, inner city murder right now. Okay, carjackings are at an all-time high right now. People aren't going to jail anymore because we have a lot of woke bail reforms that created more empathy for the criminal than for the cop. But the problem is when you let people out of jail in the name of equity. Well, you know, we got too much of this ethnicity in the prison right now. So we got to let some of them out just because. Okay, do you understand 90% of violent crime is committed against members of the same race? So if you let, let's say, a convicted white felon, violent felon out of jail, okay, the high rates of recidivism mean he's ultimately probably going to harm another law-abiding member of the white race. This would go for the black race, Latinos, Muslims, anything in between. 90% of violent crime is committed against members of the same race, people who live in the same communities in inner cities. So you understand what they've done in these woke cities in destroying the overall quality of life, driving the businesses out of town, and leading the league in one-way U-Hauls, okay, is they've turned their back on the people who pay taxes and obey the laws, in an effort to appease those yahoos on the left that say we should be prioritizing things like equity, you know, even when it comes to the safety of our population. That's why people are leaving liberal cities. That's why this is such a curious choice by the Democrats, because it would be hard to argue that any city has had its quality of life eroded harder and faster than the city of Chicago. And understand, after Lori Lightfoot, just led the league in carjackings and homicides for her ter- one term in office. Okay, they just replaced her with another liberal who's even more progressive than even Lori Lightfoot is. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. It's bad. And the thing is, the Democrats are going there for their convention because they're trying to shore up that firewall in the Midwest. The Republicans are having their convention in Milwaukee. Okay, obviously Detroit, you know, Michigan's going to be a key player in this thing nearby. So they're trying to just basically counter the Republican presence in Milwaukee with a Democrat presence in the middle of Chicago. I don't know strategically why else they would choose to do this. 
Maybe money was donated. I don't know. People said at one point the Democrats were going to have their convention down in Atlanta. They couldn't really have it down in Atlanta after claiming that Georgia's voter ID law was Jim Crow on steroids. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia and 40 other states. Think about it. Jim Crow on steroids was the accusation. Not just beyond Jim Crow. Okay, like Barry Bonds, 37 home runs a year. Barry Bonds on steroids, 73 home runs in a season. So the insinuation is Jim Crow on steroids means this is even worse than Jim Crow. An era where people were beaten, okay, to deny them access to voting. An era where people had their homes burnt down in order to deny them access to voting. We're charged, uh, you know, poll taxes, hit with literary, literary clauses, grandfather clauses. People physically, through the threat of violence, denied the right to vote. Joe Biden, with a straight face, said this was Jim Crow on steroids. You are so full of sh- But that's why they really couldn't have the convention down in Georgia. Okay, never mind that that Georgia voter ID law that they decried as Jim Crow on steroids ultimately led to the highest voter turnout in the history of Georgia. Okay, you don't let the facts get in the way of a good racial gaslighting. So Biden urged Major League Baseball to take its all-star game and $100 million worth of commerce out of Atlanta, the second, second biggest black metropolitan area into the country, and move it over to Democratic-run Denver, okay, a city that was 9% black, okay? Atlanta, okay, in the 60s, Denver in the 9s, $100 million worth of commerce, gaslit right out of the state of Georgia. That's just how white folks will do you. And that's how Biden did them. But now is whoever takes the Democratic mantle in 2024, you hope you can hear their acceptance speech over the gunshots and the sirens in the background. But there's no guarantee that you will, because Chicago is one of the wokest cities in the country, which is why it's also one of the most dangerous. We killed this city. We killed this city by going woke. Killed this city. We killed this Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. 
From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. I never discussed a single thing with my son about anything having to do with Ukraine. I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business. I don't know what he was doing. I did not know he was on the board of that company. I've never discussed my business or their business, my sons or daughters. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. You told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life. Oh, they got the macho man worked up on Fox Across America. Why? Because Joe Biden, you heard the montage, never talked to my son about his business. Never met with his partners. Well, newly released documents today show that Hunter Biden's business partners visited the White House 80 times when Biden was vice president. Oh, wow. 80 times. We were. T- I never talked to him. Not on a boat, not on a goat, not on a train, not on a plane. Are you the big man, Joe? That's the accusation here. And I'm just bringing it up quick. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this. We've got some 2024 stuff to get into. But the reason, if you wanted to know, if you were just listening to the show, you were scrolling the dial, and you were like, what is this? This guy, he, he sounds like he's getting paid in Tide Pods and cheap tequila. This is interesting, honey. I don't even know that this is a real show. He must have the regular host tied up. Let's see how this plays out. Stick with it for a minute. If you're sticking with it for a minute, the reason people on the right are investigating the Bidens is because we have seen such brazen lying about the business dealings of one Hunter Biden. Hunter's a dirtbag. And you might say, well, ho, hey, Hunter Biden's not the president. He doesn't work for the government. No, 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 no. But you see, Hunter Biden was selling access to the government during the eight years his dad was vice president. I don't remember that ever happening. But we have proof it happened, okay? And understand that Barack Obama's Treasury Department flagged the Biden family on 150 different occasions for suspicious banking activity. 150 times the Obama administration was like, what the hell is going on with the Bidens here? So you understand if he's lying about whether or not he knew what his kid was up to, if he's lying about whether or not he met with his kid's business partners, you know what else he's lying about? Whether or not he made money off the deal. Bingo. So it is absolutely worth kicking the tires on because it's another day and it's another lie by Joe Biden, who is just an out and out dirtbag is what he is. And we're going to discuss it. Katie Pavlich is coming up next. Introducing Ask Trump, the advice seminar from a man who's an expert on everything. Nobody knows the politicians better than I I do. I know more about ISIS than the generals. Nobody knows more about campaign finance. Nobody knows much more about technology. Nobody knows more about environmental impact statements. I understand the tax laws better than almost anyone. 
He'll take your questions on everything from baseball deals. Nobody knows more about trade than me. To children's gifts. Nobody has better toys than I do. Ask Trump can improve your vocabulary. I know words. I have the best words. Audiences enjoy it so much it feels like a religious experience. Nobody loves the Bible more than I do. Ask Trump is so successful the critics are going nuclear. There's nobody that understands the horror of nuclear better than me. Ask Trump, the fastest growing advice seminar in the country. Because nobody's ever had crowds like Trump has had. Well, I will tell you right here on the Fox News channel last night, Tucker Carlson did exactly that. He asked Trump on everything from his indictment, you know, to all the Russian collusion stories dating back to the beginning of administration. It was made up by these sick people. But I want to focus on 2024 specifically because Tucker asked Trump whether or not he thinks Biden should run again, whether or not he thinks Biden can run again. Here it is, clip 17. I watch him just like you do. And I think it's almost inappropriate for me to say it. But I deal with other people. I don't see I don't see how it's possible. And it's not an age thing. I think they do the age thing because I'm four or five years behind. They say this is a way of getting Trump. Let's go. Home. But there's something wrong. I saw his answer today on television about whether or not he was going to run to a very nice guy named Al Roker. I mean, you can't get a softer question than that. That was a long answer of talking about the eggs and the this and that. Look, <laughs> I don't think he can. Uh, that was a long answer. Talking about the eggs and the... And the <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> so funny. Just the timing of it. That was, a, that was a long answer. He's not wrong. Okay. Here's a little more on Trump's trip to... On Trump weighing in on Biden's trip to Ireland. It's clip 20. He's now in Ireland. He's not going to have a news conference. When the world is exploding, I own property in Ireland. I'm not going to Ireland. The world is exploding around us. You could end up in a third world war, and this guy's going to be in Ireland and not having a news conference. He hasn't had a news conference, I guess, in months. Now, I play those clips. They're true. I mean, he hasn't had a news conference in forever. No president has granted less access to the press than Joe Biden. None. Okay. And the reason I'm kind of zeroing in on those comments by Trump is because they're not unique to Trump. The media had a full on meltdown with Corrine Jean-Pierre yesterday about the lack of access to Biden. So it was just announced that Biden is going over to Ireland to visit his ancestral homeland. That's where he left for yesterday. Joe Biden who was raised Puerto Rican, grew up going to black church, surrounded by so many Polish people he wished his last name ended in ski, yet somehow had so many Greek friends he had his own Greek last name, that Joe Biden is visiting his ancestral homeland of Ireland. We have a president that is clearly not all there. But he's not all there when it comes to transparency, when it comes to access to the press. Okay, the press had a meltdown. I'm going to play the clips yesterday. And you have to understand the level of weakness we're projecting onto the world stage when you have a president that everyone knows this is actively, actively being shielded from the press. Even when Biden had that rambling wreck of an answer for Al Roker about running again, I'll play it for you. If you watch the video, Jill is hovering over that microphone, just ready to jump in and Cut Al Roker off in case, bat, you know, the, the, the B-12 hasn't kicked in and Biden starts telling Al Roker he's Batman. 
Okay, you got to watch the. I mean, she is all over that mic. <laughs> it's pretty wild. A shutdown defender, if you will, just in case the train went off the tracks. But here was the Biden answer Trump was referencing. It's clip 18. And, I mean, zero in on this in your head. Okay, because Trump goes, that was a long answer. Okay, listen to this answer, clip 18. Will you be uh, taking part in the Easter egg rolls uh, after planning on after 2024? Well, I plan on <laughs> at least three or four more Easter egg rolls. At least three or four more? Maybe, maybe five. Maybe five. <laughs> maybe maybe so, six. So what the hell? Are you, are you saying that, uh, that you would be uh, taking part in uh, our upcoming election in 2024? Well, I'll either be so rolling an egg or you know, being the, the, good, you know, the guy who's pushing them out. Come on. Help a, bro- help a brother out. Make no, some news no, for no, me. No. I, well, I, I plan on running now, but we're not prepared to announce it yet have you ever had a checkup i plan on running but we're not ready to announce it yet here's a news flash you just announced it (laughs) pretty fascinating even jay tapper said that actually jay tapper of all places over at cnn they were trying to look objective yesterday people aren't buying at cnn you dumb bastards but here is jay tapper Having the same reaction I did. Uh, clip 19. I mean, what is that? <laughs> I plan on running, but we're not going to announce it yet. So he's running. Yeah, he's running. So, uh, but what, so what are we waiting for? I don't even understand. What, what is the, he's not going to announce it. He just announced it. Sure. <laughs> I don't know what everybody's waiting for. I don't know what everybody's talking about. I mean, I don't well, think he has to announce until January, if you ask me. <laughs> I would let the Republicans <laughs> and the media, no, no offense, just focus on the debates every month coming up and every Republican trying to outmaga each other until January, Trump's uh, December court date. There's lots of things that he can just he can just focus on. Uh, and he's proven to be a successful first term president by just focusing on pol- legislative politics, not campaign. But politics. why the kabuki? Biden is such a disaster. <laughs> hey, kids, I plan on taking you to Disneyland. <laughs> But I'm not announcing it yet, so don't get your hopes up. It's so weird. And no one knows what to make of it. I mean, the point is, oftentimes Biden doesn't know what's going to come out of his mouth, and the people around him don't either, which is why he's as guarded as he is. But you understand when, like, the MSNBCs of the world and the CNNs of the world traditionally make the case for Biden. Oh, he's sharp as a tack. No, that guy who just finished his speech and shook hands with an invisible man? No, no, this guy's got it under control. Didn't you see the way he wandered the wrong way off the stage and wound up in the bushes and his wife had to go get him? I'm telling you, this is a sharp man. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. But the rest of the world is not taking their cues from the liberal media when they form an assessment of the guy running the country. The rest of the world knows they're not letting Biden near a reporter. They know that even when he holds a press conference, he opens it by saying, well, I've got a... List of people here I was instructed to call on. That was embarrassing. Think of how many times he actually says the word, well, uh, I'm going to get in trouble if I keep talking. Get in trouble? You're the president. You're supposed to be in charge. They're going to get mad at me. Who the hell is they? I mean, in this administration, they is probably one person. But the point is, the rest of the world sees weakness in his position. If you can't stand up to press, 99.9% of which is liberal, They damn sure don't think you're going to be tough enough to take the fight to the despots on the world stage that want to overtake us. And the media, to their credit, 
called out Corrine Jean-Pierre on the lack of access. Biden's going overseas. Now, this is the second time this has happened. You remember they had the, the non-press conference at the White House. Okay, when I believe it was the Polish leader was there. And they normally would do a joint presser and you take a question, I take a question. But they can't always give Biden live ammo because they don't know if the B-12 has kicked in. So, they, you know, on the off chance, he's going to start answering the wrong question, you know. What do you think of the border situation? Gunsmoke, it was a great TV show. I love Gunsmoke. It was great. <laughs> what? What just happened? How are you, Joe? Hawaii. Shoot, I'm supposed to be in Oklahoma. He doesn't know. He's a mess. And so reporters are calling this out to their credit. Okay, they don't want him running again. 60% of Democrats don't want him running again. So they are going to take a tough line against a potential Biden 2024 run until they have no choice but to support it. Like, there's no world where all the same press that are screaming at this White House for a lack of access ultimately turns on them in the long run. They just want to give Biden the business in the short term so it buys them back a little credibility so they can get back to work shilling for whoever the Democratic nominee happens to be in 2024. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Spot on. That's what they do. The reason, you know, once in a while they'll call a fair ball or strike against the Democrats once in a while is they just need to hold on to just a shred of objectivity. And they need the listeners. No, listen, they were honest about that one thing. Okay, so they lied to us for four years about Russian collusion. Okay, they lied to us about Hunter Biden's laptop being Russian disinformation. But they were, you know, they were honest that one day, like 30 seconds, they said we don't get enough Biden exposure. And you know what that means? They're objective. That means I should follow these people. That means they're giving me a good faith lead when it comes to who they're endorsing in 2024. Wrong. Okay, most people know better. But for those of you who don't, uh, here's Corrine Jean-Pierre taking some shots from the press about the lack of press conferences. Clip 27. Is the administration trying to protect the president from our questions? Uh, please, I answer Absolutely that Absolutely not. Absolutely so, not. So why is the lack of any interaction in a formal setting to have a press conference? Uh, I mean, the president takes shouted questions. I, I understand, John. I understand. I understand. I have dealt with this question about three times already. I understand. It is... It is it is uh, the job of you all to ask this question to me. Totally get that. And that's not a problem at all. Um, but c- certainly uh, the president many times has has, stand, has stood in front of all of you, has taken questions. That has happened multiple times, many times uh, during this administration. And that will certainly continue uh, to be. When it comes to a formal press conference, I don't have anything to share with you at this time. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Did you hear what she said, by the way? I've gotten that question three times recently. Yeah, you want to know why I got that question three times? Because the guy's not giving anybody access. That is the point. So when she says, well, I got nothing for you now. We're working on the press. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. Totally. But understand, John Decker takes it a step further here and jumps in to specifically talk about Ireland. Clip 28. We haven't had that opportunity in quite some time. So I'll say this. It is also unprecedented that a president takes as many shouted questions as this president has. And he no, has. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll, certainly, we'll certainly get the data and share that with all of you. I hear, John, I hear your question. I heard Zeke's question. I hear you. I hear you on the press conference, on a formal press conference. We get this probably every couple of months when you guys ask us about a formal press conference. I don't have anything to share with all of you at this time. 
I mean. Are you stupid or something? She She's giving them an answer. We get this question every couple of months about a formal press conference, which means they're not happening. Why are they not happening? Okay, that's the question. We know why they're not happening because we've seen the guy quit talking in the middle of a sentence. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, Think about that. If you want to know, hey, how come we can't have any interviews with this president? This is why. Make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. I don't understand. Why can't we just sit down and ask him about the Constitution of the United States? It's because of expertise like this. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the... Go, you know the you know the thing. They won't put him near reporters because they don't know what's going to come out of his mouth. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Okay, and even on the days when they put it in front of a teleprompter, there's the off chance that he might make up a word along the way. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. <laughs> I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international <laughs> Do you speak any English? The answer is no, and that's why there's no press conferences. But you understand the liberal media, 99% of it is liberal. If they're throwing the challenge flag, okay, it means the rest of the world knows it too. That's the problem in this moment, okay? The lack of access to this guy. If you can't have access now, in what world? Is he going to be equipped to govern as the leader of the free world when he's 86 years old? Okay, the guy can't talk now, can't make his way off the stage now, can't talk to Al Roker without his wife hovering over the mic like it's whack-a-mole, like something's going to pop a slug it. Okay, that's the point. So when the Democrats get up there like, oh, Biden, 2024. I'm telling you, he's got this under control. Sure he does. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I don't have any sensitive classified documents right now, but if I get onto the Internet, I probably could find them. Uh, They're everywhere. According uh, to John Kirby, we're not exactly sure what's where or how much is out there, uh, but this is a mess. Even Lloyd Austin tried to take the microphone yesterday to remind everybody they take this seriously. Clip one. We take this very seriously, and we will continue to investigate and and turn over every rock until we find the source of this and the extent of it. There were somewhere in the web, and where exactly and who had access uh, at that point, uh, we we don't know. I mean. That was embarrassing. (laughs) This is the United States of America. These are documents that show we have special forces on the ground in Ukraine. You know, we were told, oh, no boots on the ground in Ukraine. That's what Joe Biden said. Well, here's a newsflash. Yo, Joe Biden, the boots are already on the ground. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. But again, here is John Kirby flat out admitting to the world 
we don't know if this leak is contained. Like, why are we telegraphing this to the world? Clip six. Do you believe the leak is contained? Are there more documents out there that have not been released publicly? Is this an ongoing threat? We don't know. We truly don't. <laughs> what? We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. Yeah, we don't know. We have no idea. We just know it's highly classified documents floating all over the Internet. You know what I'm saying? You're making the rounds tonight. You buy a couple of feet picks on OnlyFans. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But then you venture over to some type of gamer link. <laughs> you buy some United States class. You don't have to buy them. They're free. And supplies seem to be endless right now. Here is John Kirby saying they do not know what else is out there. Clip seven. We don't know who's behind this. We don't know what the motive is. And I think I can't remember who asked before, but we don't know what else might be out there. Um, So we've got to let the Department of Defense run their process with the interagency and taking a look at the national security implications of it. And we've got to let the Justice Department uh, be able to pursue their investigation again completely unfettered and and let the facts and the evidence uh, take them where they may. You suck, you jackass. (laughs) Did you hear that? Oh, you know, we we don't know what's out there. We don't know what the motive is. We don't know. What do you mean? That's unacceptable. We're the United States of America. We have to know. Okay, and if we don't know, you figure it out. You don't go tell the rest of the world. No, we don't know. You you want to head over to the Internet, get some of our classified secrets. They're out there. Lord knows how many are out there. I mean, do you understand, like, the shining city on the hill that we're supposed to be as a country? We're not just like the, the rundown last trailer on the right. <laughs> Cans of Bud Light all over the front lawn with a trans model. What a dumb time to be alive, man. Wow. We really are being laughed at. And- Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. And we are back in action on the high flying, death defying Fox across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Now, I myself, I would never force you to buy an electric car, but Joe Biden is doing exactly that with a new piece of legislation that we're going to discuss with Daniel Turner, the executive director of Power the Future, who is not happy. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. He's not alone in feeling that way. We've got a poll out right now that says nobody in the country supports this push to EVs. Biden sucks. But they're doing it anyway. Why, oh, why, oh, why? Because money, 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 money. They are making so much money. The grift of climate change, the greatest white privilege in the history of the world. Every single time, every single time you see a climate activist on TV, it's a white person who's flying around the world in a private jet saying, please give us money. No, no, you don't understand. They told you in 1970, we're going to freeze in 10 years. Ice age is coming, girl. Please give us money. Oh, no one froze. So they were like, dude, have you seen the? We're going to melt. We got 10 years. Yo, yo, girl, we going to melt. Please give us money. All right, nobody melted. So then they were like, well, uh, the, the weather's changing. It's climate change. Is it cold? It's hot. It can't make up its mind. Please give us money. None of the people 
okay, doing the preaching, passing around the collection plate, believe anything they're saying. Pay up, suckers. That's hilarious because it's so true. Okay, when it comes to the climate, and I'm going to break this down. Like, I give you facts. Climate people don't give you facts. They give you emotion. You know the old saying, when you got the facts, pound the facts. When you got nothing, pound the table. What do they tell you when it comes to climate change? You're going to kill people. We're all going to die. You're a climate denier. But they never give you anything to actually deny because there's no data. I think he's got a point. There's no data. They don't give you data. They don't know. They can't prove this. They have no idea. Okay, you want the data we do have? Natural gas in America is 41% cleaner than it is anywhere else in the world. So by cutting back production here in America, we are creating more pollution because we're outsourcing that production to places like Russia who are 41% filthier than we are when it comes to production. He knows what he's talking about. Kevin McCarthy actually said this. I'll give him credit for this. Okay, Kevin McCarthy, and it's a point we've made a thousand times on the show, but you know sometimes you have a good idea and you hear it out of somebody else's mouth, and now you're like, I love this idea. So give, give McCarthy credit. He doesn't get a lot of love on this show. This is not like the Republican fanboy hour. Uh, we don't spend a lot of time praising politicians, but here is McCarthy telling the truth that our natural gas is cleaner than the Russian supply. Clip 32. American natural gas is 41% cleaner than Russian natural gas. If we sell American natural gas, not just to our allies, to our adversaries, global emissions will go down further than any Democrat bill out there. And you know what else will happen? Geopolitically, the world will be safer. Mm. There'll be more American jobs. You'll have a better environment. You'll have a stronger America. You'll have a safer world. And he tells us, I'm going to veto that on demand. What? Makes no sense. Don't you care about the country? Don't you care about the world? Joe Biden deserves to be driven from office and disgraced. Okay, he's an idiot. So Joe Biden issues some new vehicle pollution standards that are proposed by the EPA, announced by the White House. They're going to impact car model years 2027 through 2032. According to the White House, the regulations would protect public health. That is a fact check false. But anyway, this is the claim. It would protect public health. You're not telling me the truth. Just let me get through this. Okay. They would protect public health. This is impossible. All right. Let's just let's take it seriously. Focus. Pretend this is real. We got to do. We owe them this. They put a lot of work into this press release. They want you to believe that this is a legit. This, it's going to protect public health. Come on. Don't bullshit me. This is impossible. All right. Let's start over. According to, I'm, I'm doing this for real now. Everybody focus. Okay, according to the White House, regulations would protect public health by achieving carbon emission reductions of nearly 10 billion tons by 2055 and would save consumers an average of $12,000 over the lifetime of the vehicles. You are lying your ass off. All right, let's just start here. Okay, so they're going to force everybody to buy an electric vehicle. That's the hook. This is the Biden quote. As a car enthusiast and self-proclaimed car guy, President Biden is seizing the moment. His investing, the only thing he's seizing is a seizure. I mean, this guy's in bad shape. Have you seen him with the walking around and the... <laughs> what is going on right now? This is the President of the United States! Corn Pop was a bad dude. Okay, but anyway. As a car enthusiast and self-proclaimed car guy, President Biden is seizing the moment. His investing in America agenda is expanding domestic manufacturing. No, it's not. An accelerating adoption of zero-emission vehicles. 
including battery electric, plug-in hybrid electric, and fuel cell electric vehicles. The administration projects the sweeping measures would accelerate the clean vehicle transition and reduce oil imports by 20 billion barrels. All right, so you look. You're like, oh, if the regulations are finalized, 67% of all new sedan crossover SUV and light truck purchases could be electric by 2032. That's the goal here is to make everybody drive an electric car. So the Democrats who want you to believe they are the party of the little guy in a country where the average salary is $47,000, it's $47,777 is the average American salary in this country. $47,777 is the average salary. You know what the average cost of an electric vehicle is? Sixty-six grand. So the party of the little guy, just looking out for you, making a safer world for the little guy. Okay, they're going to make the little guy, if he wants a new car, the little guy who makes an average salary of $47,000 a year is going to go have to buy a $66,000 car bare minimum. Democrats are so full of crap. Think about that. No, no, we're just, we're just looking out for you, little guy. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. This is crazy. Let me give you more. Gas-powered cars represented 93% of all new car sales in 2022. Now, why is that significant right now, too? Because it means the infrastructure isn't there around the country to support this much of an increase in electric vehicles. We're at 93% right now. What we're proposing by the year 2027 is that 67% of all new vehicles on the road are electric. That means we're making a swap from 93% gas-based vehicles to we're going to be producing about 33% gas-based vehicles. Now, as you'd imagine, there's a hell of a whole lot more infrastructure for gas than there is for electric. So when you talk about the logistics of it all, it's not actually possible. The reason Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank was on Fox Business yesterday with my man Brian Brenberg announcing that they're going to invest $18 billion dollars in domestic energy production and natural gas production in this country is because as a businessman, you've got to be honest about where the market's going to go. And you can tell me, oh, no, you don't understand. The White House is declaring war on this stuff. They're getting rid of it. You probably shouldn't invest in it. No. If you're smart, you go against the grain because you realize the end result of all these green energy pro- you know, production policies is that we have a shortage in the energy we actually need to survive. This just happened in Germany. Germany's population is a fifth the size of ours. And at the end of all the wind and solar and renewable, we're just going to run the earth off the earth. They're crazy. Okay, but at the end result of that is Germany implemented all the clean energy standards we were hoping to emulate. And what did they have to do at the end of that whole clean energy parade? They had to start building new coal plants. So you understand, you can't power a country of 330 million people with dream catchers. Can't do it. Doesn't work. We don't have that infrastructure. We don't have the wherewithal. So start there. Okay, but if you want to itemize the claim by the Biden administration, oh, we're boosting energy manufacturing here in this country is what we're doing. You're alive. Okay, understand, China is the biggest manufacturer of solar and green energy infrastructure in the world. Okay, so our number one geopolitical foe on the planet, biggest polluter in the world by a margin of five, 
is now going to get rich off our green energy agenda while continuing to pollute at a record level. You understand we share a planet with them. So all the emissions garbage in the world that we commit to that decimates our our domestic uh, manufacturing base, okay, doesn't actually do anything to help the world in the long run because we share the planet. It is a swimming pool. All we're doing down our end is putting up a sign that says no peeing in the pool. But here's a newsflash. If they're peeing in the other end, it's coming to yours. But getting past that, okay, do you know how they mine, okay, the lithium? Do you know how they mine the minerals for these batteries? They use child slave labor in the Congo. Child slave labor. Give it a Google. Go give it a look. Okay, that's what they're doing. The people that are yelling at you about oppression and, you know, people are under attack in America in this day. Would you stop us? Okay, they're using slave labor to produce these mines in some of the least safe conditions known to man in terms of work conditions. Okay, understand to take it a step further. In order to get this stuff ripped out of the earth, they are decimating the earth as they tell you that they are the people protecting it. What a fraud. Never mind that these batteries weigh a 1,000 pounds. Okay, they are loaded with toxic chemicals. So when they go on fire, nobody can put them out. This could be a problem. It's a big problem. But when it comes to recycling a 1,000-pound battery, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. So you understand green energy, green energy, is an absolutely positively lucrative scam. Please give us money. It's all they're ever saying. And you're about to give them a whole hell of a whole lot more money if they force you to drive an electric car. It's the rock band that's being forced on the public. Joe Biden presents the electric cars. Charge all night, drive all day. The government won't let you have a say. Charge it up. Charge it up. An album that will leave you feeling totally plugged in. She won't start again. Electric cars. Sure, they're way too expensive, but pretending to save the world is never cheap. is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Forty-seven percent of Americans surveyed say it is unlikely they will buy an EV, an electric vehicle, as their next car. That's almost half. Only 19 percent said they are ready to go electric, citing high cost and battery range. So that is, of all places... CNN. CNN is the worst. But even so, there they are telling you 47% of Americans say they're not buying an EV as their next car. 19% said they're ready to go EV. Okay, so they're outgunned here two and a half to one when it comes to Joe Biden's electric vehicle agenda. That's the problem here. And this is what you have to understand. Okay. It's such an unrealistically stupid idea 
to decide we're going to force everybody into an electric car. Number one, I can't afford it. Number two, we do not have the infrastructure. Number three, the next guy to get into office the next time the Republicans take the reins of power, they're going to undo all of this garbage. So if you maybe want to get people, this is the problem the Democrats have, is none of their legislation is sold to the public. It's forced on them. It's either an executive order or a mandate, like it was with the vaccine. If you want people to be passionate about something, maybe make the case for why they should be. But are the Democrats making that case? The answer would be no. Nope. Climate change always comes with a cosigner. Okay, nobody believed in climate change enough for them to pass a climate change bill. So what did they do? They passed a Inflation Reduction Act that spent all of its money on climate change. That is financial lunacy. Yeah, because it's going to drive up inflation along the way. But the point is they can't get climate change to stand alone. So they either have to tie it to another bill or they have to force it on you like they're trying to do here with this new EPA uh, emission standards. Cat is out in San Diego, California. Yo, Cat. Good morning, Jimmy. Hello, hello. I'm better now. Hello. You, know you better. Now? Yeah. <laughs> hey. Venting really helps, doesn't it? I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying. Um, you're uh, you're in California. Uh, what's the deal? Do we do we even have the infrastructure? Tell me something, Kat. No, no, we don't. Well. I live in uh, in a community that's gated. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say it's a wealthy community. I'm in kind of like the suburby. We're very blended. <laughs> the, the gates are over um, the windows. I, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> yeah, that happens. That happens. No, we live in townhomes. Okay, there's Love no it. there's no room for even these plugins. And yeah. can you imagine if you install these? Mm-hmm. How many people are just going to leave them plugged in? Your neighbors need to charge up. Yep. There's no way to ch- put them to your house. No, num- we do have a few people with solar panels. Yeah, number yeah. one. Number two. Here's a quick question, girlfriend. When you yeah. do plug it in. Where is the energy coming from that you plug it into? It's coming from coal. That's the amazing it's thing. And how do we fossil. cool those, uh, mm-hmm. what is it, those uh, things that we store all the electricity? And we, we use oil yes, to cool those. Yes, we do. Right? We use oil. So the- um, there's no infrastructure in California. We, don't even, we can't even catch all the water we have here coming. Mm. We've had a lot of rain. Yeah. Well, listen, you, you know, guys, I was it. there. You guys should start by trying to catch all the pee that's on the sidewalks. Yeah. We can talk yeah. from there. Oh, yeah. I don't go downtown for anything. <laughs> Nothing. It's so Nothing. crazy. No. Uh-uh. Went down years ago, and I was like, man, what's the smell? We're good here. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's yeah. I'm not going down there. No, you but get why it. why aren't they doing fuel cell? Why aren't they doing water vapor? Mm-hmm. My car's a fuel cell. Mm-hmm. Well, you listen. Know, why aren't they investing their money in different ways of energy? The, the, we the, have brownouts and blackouts yeah. constantly. Well, we, we just don't have the infrastructure. Well, this is the answer really quick is they've configured this in a way where the right people have the monopoly on the energy they're pushing. The right people are in place uh-huh. to make money. Oh, yeah. I mean, think of like something like nuclear. There's nothing more efficient or cleaner or, to be honest with you, safer. Nuclear obviously uh-huh. has a bad connotation, but if you're committed to cleaning up the environment, they should be discussing that at the beginning of every paragraph, but they won't because the uh-huh. money ain't there, girlfriend. You know the deal. No, that, that- it's all about the money, Cat. and they're highly invested in these companies. If it don't make I mean, dollars, you have to go to the chips. Yep, go it, to the chips. Oh, of course, where are they building that at? If By it, the border. Yep. If it don't they make need dollars, labor, right? Uh huh. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Cat, uh, listen, the Fellas will be sense. out there. We might even be in Coronado this summer around Ooh, July fourth. Maybe some you and me love time. It. Check in on the radio before I get out there. Maybe we'll get together. You bet. I miss you, you ready, bet. girlfriend. Bye. There goes the great cat. 
Uh, Corey's in Omaha, and if anyone can do this in 35, 45 seconds, it's Corey. Corey! Hey, Jimmy, I'll I'll be quick. Uh, so I'm 37. I'm a graduate of a trade school. I like old cars and bikes and stuff like that. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I think the whole EV thing, it's about control. Yep. Um, there's not a whole lot of people out there that can still set points on an old car, you know, yep. stuff like that. And I think it gets to a point that if they put these regulations in, that they'll – Get rid of all the old vehicles and get that's, just vehicles that are computer controlled. That's the goal. And, it, and I think it's just completely. It, it's ele- a scam. It, it a whole other element of control. Corey, you're spot on. We'll have this talk again. My hobbies are fast cars and fast women. Fired up to talk to this next guest. He is a friend of ours. You know, in the movie Donnie Brasco, if I say like he's a friend of mine, you know, he's like a local knock-around guy, but if I say he's a friend of ours, he's a made guy on the show, you treat him with respect. For joining us now on the program, founder and executive director of Power of the Future, very much a friend of ours, Daniel Turner in the house. Yo. Your team always treats me with the greatest respect, and I'm sure all your listeners would too, Jimmy. Thank you. No, they'd love you, Daniel Turner. Are you kidding me? You're a whiskey enthusiast just like myself. What's not to love? um, Amen, brother. My fans, when I'm on the road, and to the credit of the people I hung out with this past weekend, I was in Bend in Boise. I was in a theater. So they can't really send drinks to the stage the way they do at a comedy club. But whenever I play a comedy club, it's like the movie Selena. You know how the head of the fan club actually kills her at the end of the movie? Like, (laughs) they don't have you out to support you. Like, they try to kill you. They send, like, 65 drinks. I was... I was in Utica, New York, my son Lincoln on stage, and people are sending me alcohol with a 14-year-old sitting on the stool next to me. If that's the way to get free drinks, I mean, because I've tried being an attractive female, and that hasn't worked. So <laughs> being a stand-up comic is the next best way to get free drinks. I will try my hardest. <laughs> but you, you know what? You didn't, you didn't get free drinks, but you did land a Bud Light endorsement when you dressed up as a woman. So there was that. So in the long run, the drinks will be free. Um, can you give me some facts? You know things, okay? You're, you're our expert, you know, senior ambassador to the climate uh, and all things climate-related. Um, you had tweeted earlier that the average salary in America, which is around 47000 would be about 19000 less than the average cost of an electric car. Yeah. And that's Pretty a, remarkable, isn't it? Well, and, and, and that's no knock on electric vehicles. That's mm-hmm. just the way they are right now. Um, mm-hmm. The average price is $60,000. So this is what's so crazy about that, because, you know, this is always posited as, well, we're just looking out for the little guy, and the little guy would save $12,000 over the life of the vehicle. But that's on gas, number one. But if the yeah. vehicle you're buying is $40,000 more or $30,000 more than the vehicle you were going to buy, you're not actually saving any money. Exactly. There's no greater example, uh, I think, right now of how out of touch our elected officials are and our government officials are than on their push for EVs. And we remember when gas was even worse about a year ago mm-hmm. when it was over 5 and close to $6 a gallon. Oil was 120 a mm-hmm. barrel. Um, you remember people like, like Pete Buttigieg and, and Jennifer Granholm saying, well, if you had an EV, you wouldn't have these problems. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> it is so out of touch for D.C. to say the problem with a dollar more per gallon of gas is a $60,000 solution. Uh, it's just absurd <laughs> that they propose it. Listen now, I know you're in a slump and you haven't been able to go on a date lately. What you should do is hook up with Beyonce. And you're like, 
Yeah, that wasn't on the table. That wasn't on the table for me. Uh, Daniel Turner's on the line, but that's exactly what it is. Well, let me let me take this a step further then, because, you know, there's this other conversation that we have about infrastructure, and we clearly don't have the infrastructure or the charging pumps out there. Um, but getting past whether or not we can get them, uh, which I don't doubt the capability is there to get them at some point, but what are ac- what's actually powering those charging stations? Uh, because from the best I can tell, it's fossil fuels, no? Yeah, the, the majority of our electric grid is still powered by fossil fuels, and despite the fact that we spend hundreds of billions of dollars on wind and solar, um, they're not stepping up to the plate because they can't technologically. Again, not a knock on wind and solar. They're cool technologies, but that doesn't mean that, that you can will them uh, in, into existence. And so what does the Biden administration do, just like they're doing with EVs? Interesting technology, but you can't will the people into buying them. Well, you can if you get rid of their competition, right? If you yep. can if you punish fossil fuels, if you punish the combustion engine. And these attacks come from every direction, uh, whether you're trying to ban the combustion engine, whether you're trying to punish banks who lend to the fossil fuel industry, whether mm-hmm. you fund green groups, to, to, to pro, which they do as well, to protest and, mm-hmm. and lay down in traffic. Um, it, it's remarkable how this administration has decided we don't like combustion engines and we are going to get rid of them one way or another. What a scam. Daniel Turner is on the line. And is the, is the goal, you know, it's my understanding, this is my belief, that the end game here is actually just less cars, period and more reliance on government transportation. Is that ultimately where they're trying to go with this thing? I think that the goal is twofold. One, it is easier to control the people if you can control their, their movements and, and the you know their, their fascination with the European rail system and their fascination with mass transit and public transportation. I mean, that works great if you live out in Huntington and you work in Midtown and, and you take in the Long Island Railroad, right, or mm-hmm. Connecticut or the whole Northeast Corridor, where I am very proudly from, um, you can understand it. But there's an awful lot of America, population-wise and geographically, that doesn't have that. And quite frankly, even where I live, you know, two and a half hours outside of D.C. in rural Virginia, to think that there's ever going to be a bus or a train from my house to town is just quite frankly laughable. So, yeah, on the one hand, I think they really want to push people to use uh, uh, mass transit. They love mass transit because – they're, they're, they're collectivists. But the other thing I think is, is a little bit more pernicious. They love electric vehicles because electric vehicles you can turn off on people. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, it's, it's a little-known fact about the Tesla, and, and there are even stories of Elon doing this to Tesla owners if he has a dispute with them. Um, you buy the car, the physical machinery, but they own the technology. Mm-hmm. And if they wanted to remotely turn it off on you right now, they have all the power to do that. It's why China loves electric vehicles. Or well, they also don't have a domestic oil supply. So China realizes gas combustion engines are a vulnerability. But China loves to turn their cars off on their citizens if they don't like what they're doing. And so, uh, you know, that makes me a little nervous. I, I, 100%. You can say what you want about the combustion engine, but I can get in my car right now and drive anywhere, and the government can't stop me. Wow. But they can with your EV. 100% they can. So you're telling me if the OJ chase took place in a Tesla, it would have been a mile long? Turn it off. Absolutely. <laughs> just, just turn his car off. Shut it down. Oh, you know, man. Unbelievable. It's one of the weird things about it. Now, people may say that doesn't scare me. It's no big deal. 
But I got to tell you, the, the more the government tries to track us and yeah. control our movements, heck, we saw it with COVID, yep. right? We saw when, when government – government loves control, mm-hmm. and, and I think the Biden administration is an example of that. People who like control want more of it. They're never comfortable that they have enough. They want to control your diet, your movement, your food, your books, your school. They don't even want your kids to have a choice in what school they go to. No, they don't even they let – these days everything. they don't even they don't even let your kid pick out the drag queen. <laughs> they, they assign it for you. Shouldn't the kids have some say? <laughs> they love to control, and EVs are an ultimate form of control yes. um, because you can you can determine and you can track their movement. And wow. so, why they want to push EVs? It also shows there isn't a market appetite for it. Yep. They have to use the power of government to force people's behavior. And you know what? I hate when government tells me what to do. No, it's infuriating, number one. But number two, you're right. Everything, every climate initiative that gets passed has a cosigner, every one of them. The Inflation Reduction Act was a hidden climate bill. They couldn't mm-hmm. get the support for that level of climate spending, so they had to tie it to this pretend inflation reduction move and hire uh, James Taylor to come sing about it on the White House lawn <laughs> while, while the inflation <laughs> kept going up and the stock market crashed the minute they signed the bill. It's such a scam, Daniel Turner. But the other thing is, if the end goal is to get people more excited about trains, don't they need to fire Pete Booty Judge immediately? <laughs> Just flying off the tracks. Worst- they have the worst managers and the worst messengers. The, the hiring, h- hiring uh, uh, um, um, the, the musician for for a celebration on the White House lawn, right? Like that's hiring the Mets as a motivational speaker. <laughs> oh no! Mets, right? Cheap like, shots. Is there anyone worse than James Taylor to celebrate something? You know. Uh, oh, <laughs> good gosh! Because it's such a drag. Because it's such a drag. <laughs> You're on the White House lawn, man. It's unbelievable. And and you raise a great point, though. All these things have to be subversive and underhanded. They couldn't pass a climate bill, so they called it inflation reduction. There's no appetite for electric vehicles, so they use the power of government. You know, Congress didn't appropriate this. The American people didn't have a say. Some little bureaucrat that none of you voted for decided, I want new rules about the combustion engine. Well, yeah. what if the next bureaucrat comes in and says, I want new rules about your mother? Right? Can we do that? Where do the rule? Where does the power of – sorry, that was a little I loved it. Go ahead. It's fun. (laughs) Well, that's well. I want to ask you this. Okay, when it comes to that, because we don't, you know, want to be ruled by bureaucrats, but its reality is that we are. So let me ask you this: Is there a world where the Republican Party takes power and reverses some of this stuff, or is this a go-along, get-along issue in the Uniparty? I hope when it comes to this specific issue, because mm-hmm. um, it does affect quite literally everybody, I hope the Republicans in the House at least step up because the EPA is responsible or is accountable to the Congress. The, mm-hmm. the president appoints the EPA administrator, no doubt, and it's part of his cabinet. But these are agencies that were created by charters of Congress, and Congress is the first article of the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't have an administrator just interpret new uh, statutes or new 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 rules because of a political whim. Quite frankly, the last guy who did that was Richard Glick at the Energy Regulatory Commission. Mm-hmm. Joe Manchin didn't re- didn't confirm him for reappointment because he was like, I don't like what you're doing there. Boom. You can't just change the rules. Congress changes the rules. Um, and, and it's the same with, again, back to COVID, 
all those COVID mandates. Since mm-hmm. when does the governor say you can't go to church tomorrow? Yeah. Sadly, Jimmy, we all complied. Oh, the government said I can't go to church. Mm-hmm. But it's the Congress that makes laws. It's yep. not administrators. It's not governors. It's not bureaucrats. So I hope Congress steps up and acts. They better. Uh, last thing, because uh, I do, you know, I'm a silver lining guy. Okay. And uh, we're up against a quick break here. Uh, But just in 30 seconds, you can confirm for our listeners that at the very least, they can know that the minerals procured for these batteries are under fair, happy working conditions, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. No children are used. No slaves are used. Oh, it's and everyone, crazy. Everyone had sexual harass, harassment and diversity training on Friday. <laughs> all, the right, all the right pronouns are used in that child slave labor camp where they mine your minerals for your electric car. The little tiny fingers can find the cobalt much easier than those big cumbersome American fingers. What a scam. You're the best, Daniel Turner. We'll do it again soon. God bless you, Jimmy. Stock market was falling, but there was Joe on the lawn Saying the bill they passed would help me and you But inflation is soaring, and my savings are gone Joe can't remember who he's talking to Joe's a liar and he's insane Spend sunny days in the basement with no friends He's seen Hunter's crimes but the press won't cover them And he's shaking hands with invisible men You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, bringing in one of my TV buddies who has a fantastic new documentary out about Space Camp on Fox Nation, the host of Parked, the host of Ride to Work, the people's champion. Like at Fox, if we had a spirit animal as a unit, it would be <laughs> Abby Hornacek, who is here in studio. Hey, girl. Hey. I, you you got to come on Ride to Work next season. It would be so rad for me to be a passenger because, as you would imagine, as you'd imagine, I've given so many people a ride <laughs> to work. That would be amazing. We switch spots. No, no, like no, no. You drive. I'd be excited. <laughs> Don't take away my moment. I did do this once during UN Week, Abby. The traffic was so intense, and there were so many street closures, and my driver home from Fox was so overwhelmed that I was like, "Hey, man, give me the car." <laughs> I really did. And I said, like, this is not a commentary on you or your ability. I'm like, I'm a cab driver. I've driven through UN Week for most of my adult life. I'm like, I'm going to show you a quick shortcut through Queens. We're going to work our way around these street closures. And I probably saved that guy's, like, sanity. And I He still, trusted you with his car? He sure did. And I still tipped him when we got home. Did you ding anyone? No. I, no. Come You're on, You're a Abby. pro. I'm the man. Abby, I, have never, man. I have never gotten into a car accident I was awake for. 
That's amazing. Ever, ever. Any of the accidents I get into, I was not awake, so I did not accept responsibility. <laughs> there you go. Really quickly. So they've got to watch your Space Camp series. You went to Space Camp. You did all the fun stuff. Anti-gravity, gravity, everything in between. But there's a timelier reason to have you on. Okay, you're a female athlete, which is very topical right now because we've got a lot of transgender controversy. But Bud Light is in the news, and I bring you to the Bud Light topic <laughs> because you, Abby Hornacek, are a beer enthusiast. I am a beer enthusiast. Honestly, regardless of all the politics yep. surrounding Bud Light right now, mm-hmm. that has always been my least favorite beer. I was just going to say that. I don't care about the message. The the taste-wise, it tastes like gross water. It's weird, but I'm with you. I drank drank a lot of Miller Lite. I liked Miller Lite. Okay. Okay, I was a Miller Lite. Like, if we were talking about American domestic beers, I was very pro-Miller Lite growing up. Now I'm more of like a whiskey guy. Some people Mm. would argue too much of a whiskey guy. No, But let's let's stay. (laughs) Hey, that's why we love you, Abby. (laughs) One sec. What is your go-to beer? Do you have um, a go-to I here? I do. I it depends on where I'm at. If I'm in a warm location, I like a nice Corona with yeah, a lime. You do. Um, but then if I have, you know, I'm chilling on the couch watching a, a game, I like um, maybe a Blue Moon. I also Ooh. love a good hazy IPA. You do the heavy stuff. So that's the point. Is there a, a beer out there? Because Bud Light, obviously, they're saying they might have lost three billion dollars. We're going to be discussing this with mm. another Arizona and Katie Pavlich later on in the oh, show. You know, they, Arizonans know their beer. They do. Know. <laughs> 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 well, what I was going to say is, yeah. Yes, I, I think like Bud Light specifically, getting even past the politics is like they're not – I don't consider them a good enough beer to have pulled one of these. Well, Like I think there's beers that could get away with one of these because they're still good. You know, like whenever people are like, I'm not watching sports anymore, but we are. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There are certain beers we probably wouldn't walk away from, but I think Bud Light is an easy beer to break it's up like with. The, it's like everyone gets angry at the iPhone. It's like I'm yeah. not – I'm going to get rid of – I'm going to get a flip phone. It's like, nah, 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 nah. nah. Um, <laughs> This is a hot take, Jimmy, but I would prefer to drink Natty Light. To Bud Light, I, I like a Bud Wiser, mm-hmm. but once you add a the light, heavy. yeah, once you you truncate the beginning of that word and just make it a Bud, and then mm-hmm. add the light, I I can't do it anymore. I respect that, Abby. I do like Bud Wiser though. Yeah, no, Bud's a solid, Bud Heavy. I grew up. Yeah, my, Bud Heavy. My dad used to drink Bud Heavy back in the day. Mm-hmm. When I came of age, I used to drink. It was called Bud Dry, which didn't stick around for long. Apparently, I was the only guy drinking it. What's that? But their slogan was "Why ask why? Drink Bud Dry," and that's what I used to drink when is I was. It, like, is it like a, a wine, like a dry? No, wine? it was Bud. No, because they. You remember? I, do you remember when beers went through their ice phase? They had like Bud Ice. Yes. Yeah, everybody had like something ice, mm-hmm. Brooklyn Lager ice, Molson ice. So when I came of age, as a beer drinker, ice was the thing. It was either you were either drinking ice beer or you were drinking Zima, mm. you know, which was another absurd flavored whatever the hell it was, like a carbonated I don't know what. Uh, but Zima kind of went the way Bud Light's going right now in terms of sales. I prefer the ice, like the Bud, the whatever, the beer ice yeah, yeah. rather than the Spir- Smirnoff ice because yeah. that's what I was, you know, when You're I was coming up ice? of age. Not on, not intentionally but when i was 21 that's that's what it was they were cheap and it was a you know, sweet treat they hide it in your purse and you see it you got to drink it. <laughs> much <laughs> better avi hornacek what people don't know about her series parked is those binoculars the lens screws off you <laughs> 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 see her on a cliff surveying the landscape <laughs> they never show when they go to break <laughs> abby hornacek what's the name of the new space camp documentary Abby goes to space camp. You're Very right. straightforward. You're damn right it is. <laughs> but I don't like talking. I don't like to say my name. Well, so it's like, it's like Fight camp. Club. You know the first rule of Fight Club? You don't talk about Fight Club. The <laughs> yeah. first rule of Abby Hornacek space camp, you don't talk about it. Yeah, it, but was, it's, it was a lot of fun, though. It's on the landing page on Fox Nation. I saw it last night. Landing page. Immedi- I like that. It was the first thing you see when you log on. You know, that- I paid extra for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the placement. Good stuff. We'll do it again. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. 
Jimmy Fallon, your radio buddy, back in action for a big hour that includes a guest appearance from the legendary Katie Pavlich, who stops by for like a veritable, we got a lot to do, State of the Union. There is classified documents floating all over the internet right now. China has encircled Taiwan. Biden's trying to force electric vehicles onto the whole entire country. And Bud Light has just lost $3 billion by trying to force a trans spokesperson onto its beer audience, something we're going to discuss at great length in this hour, 888-788-9910, if you want to be a part of this shindig. And uh, I, to be honest, I thought we'd be done with the story by now, uh, but apparently the beer drinkers are pissed. And the reason they're pissed really quick, TO'd, ticked off, however you roll, Okay, is because people go to beer to get away from life, meaning to get away from politics, to get away from identity politics, to get away from diversity and equity and inclusion. No, people do not. That's not why they pick up beer. Okay, they pick up beer to be done. Bingo. They want to unplug. So when this stupid Dylan Mulvaney thing happened, you know, there was a natural revolt. You saw guys like Kid Rock shooting up beer cans. Travis Tritt tweeted, hey, a lot of us country guys are taking Bud Light out of our rider. John Rich said he was replacing it at Redneck Riviera. And now we have reporting out today that says Bud Light's stock price has lost $3 billion. Okay, and this is the end result of what? Just a boneheaded marketing scheme. But the girl at the center of all of this is A-OK. They're not getting fired because if you fire them, then they can accuse Bud Light of transphobia. So what Bud Light tried to do, every the way the mob works, okay, it's the way it works, the way it worked during Black Lives Matter. Okay, the mob just shows up outside a corporation and goes, you're racist, give us money! And the corporation's like, wow, we really need these people to go away. Uh, all right. Um, uh, yeah, okay, here's some money. And that's how it works. That's how it works. So it's the same thing with the trans mafia. They just show up, you're homophobic, give us money. You're like, oh, ooh, we really don't need this mob outside headquarters. All right, here's a couple of bucks. So what Bud Light thought they were doing was staving off a financial shakedown by putting a trans person on the can. <laughs> Didn't work that way because instead of getting shooken down by the trans mafia, they're now getting shaken down and left for dead by their customers. <laughs> I love it so much. I love that people are voting with their wallets in this instance. And anybody on the left who's like, oh, Republicans, the boycotts. Yo, the Democrats canceled Aunt Jemima and Mrs. Butterworth. Okay. Because they decided that those depictions of black women were racist. But you know who was fine with those depictions for 100 years? Black women. Specifically the ones in those families that were living off the royalties. So you understand Democrats are now called it racist. All right, no more Aunt Jemima, Mrs. Butterworth. And you know what happens to the people making money off of that? Lose the dough. No differently than Uncle Ben's rice. That's a goner. But do we have anything to show for it in the overall improvement in the quality of life in the black community? The answer would be no. No. The crime rate has gone up exponentially 
since the Black Lives Matter protest, and specifically black murder rate is 35 percent higher than it was when Democrats started getting in front of microphones and telling you we didn't need cops in society anymore. Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the the um, investment in our communities, which have historically been divested. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the streets. I mean, you sound insane. Do you realize that? You should be medicated. <laughs> why use the word defund? Oh, oh, why use the word defund? Because you're a stupid person. It's the only reason to use the word defund. We need cops. Cops. Okay, if you're paying attention to real data, cops are not the threat to any community in this country. Criminals are. Okay, criminals are. In America, the United States of America, population of 331 million people. Cops killed 12 black people last year. And I'm not saying I'm happy that they're dead. Okay, one death is too many. But those 12 deaths aren't considered universally unarmed deaths. They're not considered excessive use of force deaths. Okay, we've got a case down in Memphis that's very controversial that is going to see real criminal activity as it pertains to the cops. They've already been charged. But we don't actually have a country where cops are driving around indiscriminately killing people of color. But because of George Floyd video, we all agreed was heinous, didn't do the Democrats any favor. We couldn't agree. Consensus is useless. So they needed to take the George Floyd video a step further and say, well, it wasn't Derek Chauvin who knelt on the cops on, on George Floyd's neck. It was all of America. We're systemically racist, you see. So we need to defund all police. And that was a lane they could run on. And they could tell you that anyone who didn't agree with them and give them their way was a bigot. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. That's what it was. Well, if you don't want to defund the police, you must not care about black people. Lo and behold, cutting police budgets as they did, cut a half a billion dollars off the budget here in New York, cut a billion dollars out in Los Angeles alone, cities like Milwaukee, cities like Baltimore, okay, places where they had to ultimately restore budgets. Seattle currently clamoring for more cops because they don't have any because they chased away a lot of good-hearted people who realized they were working in a thankless profession that could cost them to give their lives on behalf of a society that didn't even value the sacrifice. So you understand, they chased good people out of these jobs in the name of votes. Black lives don't matter to Democrats. Black votes do. And it's the same thing with the trans thing. Okay, they're forcing this on us. Why? It's the new race card. It's their new pretend civil rights movement. It's .005% of the population. But if you don't support them having equal representation to everything else, erasing women in their sports leagues, taking away the product endorsements of women around the country, then you must be a transphobe. You must be filled with hatred and bigotry. And nobody's saying that. Nobody cares. But Dylan Mulvaney, who has gotten so rich, at least $10 million in endorsements so far for pretending to be a woman, for embracing the idea of a permanent Halloween. A lot of I loved Halloween as a kid. Are you kidding me? Remember the old Garfield special? Candy, 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 candy. Oh, God, I loved you. Can, I love candy. Love Halloween. It's the best. But Dylan Mulvaney is embracing, you know, full-time Halloween. And in doing so, has gotten a level of exposure on TikTok that he had been chasing as a male up until a year ago. Dylan Mulvaney was on Ellen. 
Dylan Mulvaney was on The Price is Right. Dylan Mulvaney was in the Book of Mormon for a little while. Dylan Mulvaney went to every open call in show business on earth. A person that would go to the opening of an envelope. Okay, just somebody get me in front of a camera. Okay, I understand. I, I wanted to do this my whole life. I wanted to host a radio show. I loved the idea of being on TV. So I get where he's coming from. But knowing that that's how I've lived my life, doing stand-up, auditioning for stuff, going on TV, I know what Dylan Mulvaney is. Dylan Mulvaney is someone who would do anything to be relevant. Okay, I wanted to be good, which is why it took me so damn long. I started this game back in 2001 and spent most of it driving a taxi, but I busted my ass to try to get better at it, and lo and behold, you know, through a couple of fortuitous bounces of the ball, low-level extortion attempts, hostage situations, here I am on the biggest media platform in the world. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. But Dylan Mulvaney, not dumb. Dylan Mulvaney gaming this system perfectly because he was like, well, I'm pretty relevant. Uh, I've gotten a few auditions. I've gotten a few roles here or there. Nothing close to what I want. But what if, what if I took a good look at society and I played the game? What if I just said I was a woman and I'll go hop around on TikTok and I'll make more money than the good Lord above? But here's Dylan Mulvaney, okay, now endorsing. Think about this. Tampax. Dylan Mulvaney is a biological man, okay? Can a biological man have a baby? The answer would be no. So can a biological man menstruate? The answer would be no. So why is Dylan Mulvaney endorsing Tampax? Because this is a shakedown. Corporations are giving this dude money, good for him, because they're trying to be on the front end. They don't want to be shaken down on the back end. All right, here's a million bucks, Dylan. Can't call our company transphobic. You know, Nike jumps in. Yeah, go model women's yoga pants. Can't call our company transphobic. Same thing. It's Bud Light. No, no, here you go. Here's a million bucks. But Bud Light gave away that million bucks, and it wound up costing them $3 billion. <laughs> here's the man at the center of the storm, Dylan Mulvaney. Dylan Mulvaney sat down yesterday with Rosie O'Donnell. There's a slob. There's a real slob. But here is Dylan Mulvaney saying, well, the problem is uh, he's an easy target. Clip 39. We need that, the letter alphabet to show yes, up for us. Because totally. I think it's all hands on deck. It is not a time to, you know, sit idle. I started my transition just a year ago, publicly. I had been taking hormones before that. I'd come out to my family and friends. But... I have watched it get so much worse as my timeline has gone on. And it's been very kind of odd to compare the two, uh, my transition as well as all this anti-trans legislation simultaneously. And the reason that I think I am so, um, I'm an easy target is because I'm still new to this. I think going after a trans woman that's been doing this for like 20 years is a lot more difficult. Yeah, good luck. Like, yeah, and so I think maybe <laughs> they think there's some sort of chance with me that they can, but what is their goal? First of all, I'm surrounded by idiots. I mean, really think about that one for a second. So here's Dylan Mulvaney. We need that letter alphabet to show up because I think it's all hands on deck. Now is not a time to sit idle. Trans people are so under attack that Dylan Mulvaney, who only started this journey a year ago, is now worth 10 million dollars that's how under attack trans people are 
Someone who wasn't even trans a year and a half ago is now worth $10 million for hopping around the house on TikTok. That's how under attack, that's how oppressed they are. Wouldn't you love to be that oppressed? To be the face of major corporations around the world because you were just so oppressed that the oppressors were so consumed with oppressing you they were accidentally didn't realize they were paying you millions of dollars? Okay, Dylan Mulvaney is a clown. <laughs> Someone that would say literally or do anything for the relevance that he and she have now achieved. And you know what? Congratulations. I hope on some level there's a degree of happiness that comes with doing this. But the reason they got the pushback that they did is not because we hate trans people. Okay, the only time trans people encounter hate is when they announce they're voting Republican. And if you don't believe me, ask Caitlyn Jenner. She was the face of this whole entire movement. Caitlyn Jenner. Went on the cover of Vanity Fair. Bruce became Caitlyn. She went on the cover of Vanity Fair. She got awarded from every liberal think tank and group and corporation in America. She's brave. She's beautiful. She's courageous. And then she turned around a few days later and told them she was a Republican. Get her out. Get her out of here. They never talked to her again. Ever. Okay? It's not about, as I said earlier, black lives is about black votes. It's not about trans lives. It's about trans votes. But either way you slice it, regardless of how you vote, You've now taken beer, which is something designed and served where people get together, and you've inserted a political wedge into the experience. Beer, which was, again, designed to bring us together, has now become a place where some people are being driven apart. We're not going after Dylan Mulvaney. She's an easy target. Try doing this with someone who's been trans for 20 years. The problem is there aren't any. (laughs) This this is a new thing. Do you understand? I don't doubt there's one or two of them out there, but you're talking about point zero zero five of the pop percent of the population. And stupid Rosie O'Donnell is just like, yeah, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see them go after somebody who's been trans for 20 years. Great. Find one. I'm not telling you they don't exist. I'm not telling you they don't have the right to exist. But the number of people out here we're discussing is infinitesimal. And again, they are not getting an anti-trans blowback, just the same as they're not getting anti-trans legislation, as Dylan Mulvaney says. The legislation being passed is, hey, could you not teach five-year-olds to chop off their junk? Maybe teach them to add numbers before they subtract their genitalia. Maybe not spend all day convincing them they're trapped in the wrong body at a time when they're so impressionable and fluid. Let them grow up to be 18 and then do whatever the hell they want. Okay, that's the conservative position. But what we're having literally poured down our throat is a complete and total scam. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Budweiser presents Real Them of Genius. Real Them of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Biological Male pretending to be a woman. Mr. Biological Male pretending to be a woman. Millions of beer drinkers spend the day working a grueling shift on the construction site, but you pranced around the house on TikTok, dressed as a six-year-old girl. You're a kid at heart. Anyone can hang their hat up after a long shift, but only a true hero can take off their dress and untape their nuts. So crack open an ice cold bud, Mr. Biological Male, pretending to be a woman. Normally, beer comes in a cardboard case. But thanks to you, it now comes in a mental case. Mr. Biological Male, pretending to be a woman. 
This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be talking to the great Katie Pavlich in the next break. Here are the numbers. Good goodness gracious, this is crazy. It's giving you some insight here. They're saying a $3 billion hit to the actual stock price of Budweiser, which is, uh, I got to be honest, not the goal when you hire a marketing team. Hey, if you could just... Shave three billion off the market cap for the company. We'd appreciate that. I mean, what an idiot! But that's you know, Alyssa, uh, Alyssa Heinerscheid, who said you know she had to re- revive the brand. It was fratty, and now what are they posting all over uh, the internet right now? Uh, people have dug up old photos of her drinking at frat parties. But you know, essentially, what happened here? And it is a great move by her, not for the company's well-being, but Alyssa Heinerscheid now puts herself in the forefront of this pretend civil rights movement as someone who, like, broke a barrier. I got a guy pretending to be a girl on a beer can. And now no matter how far the sales plummet, they cannot fire her because then they're going to get called transphobic. Oh, what did she do that was different? And we know what she did. She crushed the brand. People are mad. They feel betrayed by this. And they have a right to. They do. You don't go to beer for politics. You just don't. And to be honest with you, you don't go to any of these brands for politics. Okay, anything Dylan Mulvaney is endorsing. Tampax, men can't have periods. Ergo, she shouldn't be endorsing Tampax. It's an insult to women. But they're going there because they want to state their political allegiances. Well, we're a part of this thing. All right, great. But what does that have to do with our product? Oh, nothing? I get it. Same thing with Nike women's yoga pants. Okay, it's a dude. So, But you're insulting women, but this is why they do it, because they want to be on the right side of the shakedown mafia. But now they're getting shaken down by their customers. I love it. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon bringing in one of my buddies. I mean, a five-star general in the Fela family fashion army. Although I don't know if she wants to acknowledge that publicly after some of these last few outfits. Katie Pavlich is here to clean up the mess. Hey, girl. Hey, Jimmy. How are you? I was at a a point of major controversy. I hosted Gutfeld last week. It was in a light pink tuxedo jacket that I have to tell Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. became a point of contention with our dear friend Kat Timpf. But the audience took my side. Where do you weigh in? Can 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 I get away with a pink jacket? Where are you on this? You know, I hear that men who wear pink are actually very uh, confident in their sexuality. Boom. So if that's the reason why you wore it, then you're good to go. Amen. If the audience likes it, that's all that matters. Amen. Well, that's the good news is the audience did like it. The bad news is I just received an endorsement opportunity from Bud Light. Oh, no. <laughs> like, wow. wait a minute. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It looked, it looked nasty. I on that about a couple days ago. It would have been great. Let me, not anymore. Let's jump in on that. It's so funny. Because um, $3 billion have come off of that company's market cap, which I kind of find funny. Um, 
I don't consider Bud Light a good enough beer to have pulled anything like this because I think the whole point of politics, uh, oh, excuse me, of beer is you want to get away from politics. You want to get away from hard news. You want to unwind. So if you're going to ruin our happy place, I think you need to be a better beer. What do you think of that? Well, it's just like this whole situation is amazing to me. Um, the people who are running these corporations, like the vice president of marketing, mm-hmm. her name is Alyssa. Mm-hmm. Um, She's the one who apparently made this decision, mm-hmm. and it's not that she said something like, hey, we want to, as a company, expand our market to this new group of people in America, mm-hmm. the transgender movement. Mm-hmm. So we're going to market to them, and we're going to try to come up with new products for them so we can make more money. Because mm-hmm. then you would be keeping your current clientele and expanding yep. it, right? Yep. Instead, she decided to insult the brand and the people who buy it by saying things like, it's too fratty, the, it's too male, <laughs> it's too white male, essentially, it's too uh, poor-humored, yep. it's not inclusive enough, which that that translates to, it's bigoted. The yep. people who buy Bud Light are bigots, and we are trying to change that by forcing someone like Dylan Mulvaney onto the brand. Yep. Now, that's her take, right? They're yep. seeing the consequences of this. The other part of this that people aren't really talking about, and they're acting like this is just a decision being made by the brand and this woman, which it is, but the human rights campaign actually rates companies yep. based on how inclusive they are in terms of their branding and their influencers. And that's why you're seeing people like Dylan Mulvaney everywhere representing brands that are completely detached from mm-hmm. their the, audience. Yeah, the, results how about the product? Consumer? How about Tampax? He's endorsing product. Tampax. That's and bananas. Yeah. And sports bras. Um, <laughs> it's it's completely ridiculous. We're talking to the great Katie Pavlich, and that and by the way, if we were going to get technical, okay, Bud Light issues a commemorative can to celebrate one year of womanhood, which means they're serving beer to a one year old girl, Katie. I know that's illegal. What's going on here, Bud? That's Light? illegal. Well, also, that, that the thing about that was so stupid too, because Dylan Mulvaney's video about it was, you know, mm-hmm. hi guys. I guess you like drink this when you watch sports. I don't yeah. know sports or something. Like, uh-huh. what is what are sports? But sure, as a real woman who actually does like sports and was an athlete and does, you know, yeah. actually needs a sports bra. It's like so. It's just stupid. It's like this is not how women act it's a, like it, he did this whole thing about prancing around in the woods as a girl yeah in heels and doing this weird stuff and it's like as a hunter and a woman who grew up camping and in the outdoors i've never seen a woman act like that outside yeah it's, it's absurd it is it's, it's a, absurd i know and it's insulting to women and it's also insulting to our intelligence because dylan yeah. mulvaney he was on with rosie o'donnell yesterday and he said, you know, the reason, you know, they're coming after me is I'm new to this and it's an all hands on deck movement because we're really under attack in this country. I'm like, dude, you're so under attack that you've made $10 million in a year of being trans. Wouldn't you like to right. be that under attack? Exactly. You know, it's funny because like the left is always talking about the pay discrepancy between men and women. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, now 
this man is getting paid way more than any women get paid to even do the influencing <laughs> stuff. Like they're just expanding the gender gap in terms of pay. It's uh, come on, left. What's going on here? Well, but what the heck? But I, I bring a, you know, and that's kind of the superficial part of this, you know. But on a substantive part of this, there is like kind of a consequence in that the left has convinced a percentage of this country, being the transgender community, that we're out to like kill them and harm them. And now you're starting mm-hmm. to see incidents like you saw in Tennessee. And it certainly sounds like the guy in Louisville uh, had some type of response to the gender ideology as well. But that is very much a consequence in Tennessee of someone being told we were out to get them, is it not? It is. And it's, it's, a, it's a lie. It's a dangerous lie. You mm. have the White House and the press secretary saying that it's time for the transgender community to fight back. Yeah. Um, whatever that means in the aftermath of, of Nashville, um, you know, they, they turned that whole situation into not the victims being the children and, and yep. the people who worked in that school as the real victims who were killed and murdered, mm-hmm. but the person who did it being the victim and the, the community that they allegedly came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just about Bud Light and endorsements and social media and, and all these stupid videos of this person saying that they are, you know, whatever day of girlhood. Um, it's the fact that you have universities across the country forcing female athletes not to just compete against men, where men like Le- like a, a, a Leah Thomas, who used yeah. to be Will Thomas, right, yeah. um, stealing mm-hmm. records from women, yeah. stealing them. Um, and changing, being forced to change in locker rooms with men. Yep. And that used to be considered sexual harassment. And in a lot of places, if you go around flashing people who don't give you your consent, you're put on the sex offender list. Yep. But if you're in a university or at a high school and you're a woman and a man wants to say he's a woman and change with you in the bathroom, in the locker room, you're a bigot if you say anything. Um, so there are real consequences and real violations of women's spaces. And I, you know, agree with this whole notion that people say, well, if women wanted to stop then women have to make it stop and not tolerate it. Mm. I agree with that to a point, Yeah. but we need men also to stand up to these other men who are doing this to women and say, stop. Yep. It's disgusting. It's creepy because a lot of these coaches in these university systems, like Will Thomas, um, they like it because they win titles. Yep. And they can put titles under their name as a coach. And they're men. Yep. So they're enabling it as well. Um, and so I think that everybody has to work together to end this madness. Imagine that. Katie Pavlich is on the line. Fox News contributor, superstar over at Town Hall. Will, Will Thomas was ranked 432nd in the country. Uh, and he transitioned to a woman and was winning everything imaginable. And, you know, Riley Gaines, who, of course, is speaking out against the ridiculousness of all of that, was like physically like assaulted and taken hostage in San Francisco. And even the response to that was the university praising the kids for their right to peaceful assembly. Uh, yeah. It's so bananas right now. But is there is there such a thing? I think someone tweeted this last week over the weekend. They were like, everyone, you know, who lectures us about tox- toxic masculinity, it's usually coming, oddly enough, from a guy in a dress. Exactly. No, it's true. It's absolutely true. What happened to Riley Gaines is so despicable. And the reaction from the, the administration uh, says it all about what they think is okay. Like, it's okay because there's an ends to justify the means, right? They're yep. fine with violence as long as it pursues their own political goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Riley Gaines, thank God she wasn't hurt further, mm-hmm. um, to simply be saying, I just don't want men in my locker room. I want to compete, about, uh, compete against women. 
Yeah. And this, you know, there's been suggestions that look, let's just have a separate category. Yes. We're not saying that they can't play sports, mm-hmm. but they have to have their own category. And the reason why men who compete against biological women in their sports don't want a separate category is because they know they won't get the title and they will yep. lose. Yep. That's you know, a- Will Thomas didn't want to compete in a separate category because he was ranked. Mm. 460 whatever yeah as a so man. he decided to go into the women's pool and steal all of the records yep um it's not about you know fairness and that's like sick that's like a sick mm. thing to do yep. it's weird uh, and yet you have this entire complex enabling it yep well you know they got so much done this is what i think happened kp is you know obviously there's a huge gap between what people believe to be true and what they're willing to say in public because the blowback has been so fierce. Like when you think of somebody like J.K. Rowling, who was just like, you know, men can't have babies, right? And they were like, who's yeah. this monster? We're never buying a book again. You know, I think a lot of people were kind of pistol whipped by the outrage mob into just playing along with this. But now at the very least, you're seeing like legitimate pushback. Like what's happening to Bud Light, I consider this consequential in this argument because it has at the very least given a voice to people to feel a little more confident expressing their disdain. And it goes from beer into hopefully the arena of sports. And maybe we do ultimately make some progress. I don't know. And voting and yeah. voting. Imagine. Imagine <laughs> voting for people who don't, who don't enable this on a policy level. Right? Well, that would be wonderful. But right now what's yeah. going on at the White House is every one of these mm-hmm. people is going to the White House. Like, did you I'm sure you saw the story where they're like, yeah, we're going to make our 2024 campaign relying on TikTok influencers. It's bananas. Yeah. I mean, they're like, we think t- we think that TikTok is a national security threat just for government <laughs> phones. But we're going to now build a briefing room for all these TikTok influencers to repeat what we tell them um, because we need them to get Joe Biden reelected because he can't campaign on his own. It's such a, um, <laughs> it's such a, I know it's such a bonkers time to be alive. That it it's, is could, bonkers. Could you imagine telling a young Katie Pavlich you'd be living in an America where the president couldn't be trusted to speak for himself, so they were going to hire a bunch of guys in dresses? to dress their cat up as Yoda and lap dance in the kitchen on TikTok. I'd be like, I'm moving to Canada. But then you go to Canada, you're like, this is worse. Yeah, this no. is way worse. Tra- it's so crazy. It- I saw the other the story the other day about a black star, a black hole that's like gobbling up universes and spitting out a bunch of new stars. And I was mm-hmm. like, is it coming here? We can only hope. <laughs> yeah, no one is rooting harder for artificial intelligence. <laughs> when they paused it, I was so despondent. I know. I was like, dang it. This is killing me. Well, if the AI doesn't get us, there are classified documents all over the Internet right now. We're not playing a lot of defense in this country, Katie Pavlich. Yeah, it's not going real well. What a dumb time. Hopefully nothing really horrible will happen. No, we got to do something. I don't know. I'm going to go cruise the Internet. I'll let you know if I find any good intel for you. Okay, let let me know. Sport coats and uh, and, and war secrets. I'll get back to you. Yeah, I just want to see what the ads are that pop up on the fashion <laughs> yeah, like around and show me what what's popped up. Yeah, that's that's so funny. It's like you're cruising over these documents and you start getting it. You know, Ukrainian war jacket ads and stuff like that. Oh, that's... yeah, you're like, ooh, a silver sequin jacket, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> this is great. Gunmetal or gold. Oh, uh, Katie Pavlich, I'll be back to you with free shipping in no time. You're the coolest. Fantastic. See you, pal. Talk to you, Jimmy. See ya. The great Katie Pavlich. Check out all of her fine work over at Town Hall. Watch her on Fox News every day. Understand, if you're a woman in this country, this is a total scam. It's a total scam. No one, no one is saying you can't be trans. You don't have a right to be trans. How dare you do that? Nobody cares. The, the conservative position on this is being so badly manipulated, and intentionally so, by the left, 
because this is what they do. Label the opposition to stifle an actual substantive conversation. That's what they do. So instead of, you know, conservatives go, well, we're fine with anyone over 18 who wants to gender transition. We just don't want it happening to kids. That position becomes they want to kill all the trans people. And most folk who are reasonable people who don't want the trouble of the backlash go, oh, gee, I don't want to be with the side that's going to kill all the trans people. That certainly isn't going to help me in society, so I better just give these Democrats their way. It's the lemon drop over and over and over again. When it comes to politics, the Democrats are always doing the lemon drop. For those of you who don't know what that is, there's an old street hustle that happens in big cities. Okay, I grew up in New York, so I'm familiar with it here, where a guy will be walking around with a broken pair of glasses, and he'll intentionally bump into people he knows to be tourists, drop his broken glasses on the ground. And be like, hey, man, you got to watch where you're going. You broke my glasses. What are you kidding me? Come on, I can't see. I need these glasses. You better give me some money. You broke these glasses. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? I didn't even see you. I didn't break your glasses. And the guy will just start yelling, officer, officer. This dude broke my glasses, officer. And the tourist is like, yo, whoa, whoa. I don't need the cops in the middle of my vacation here. Hey, here's a quick 10. Here's a quick 20. Just get, sorry about that. And the guy takes the money and he walks away. And that's what they do. Okay, it's the same thing with trans or same thing with everything they yell. Okay, you voice an objective, reasonable position, and they just start screaming until you give them what they want and they go away. Pay up, suckers. That's politics in the year 2023. That's all this Dylan Mulvaney thing is. Okay, so you've got a man who cannot give birth, cannot get pregnant, cannot menstruate, is now endorsing female feminine product like Tampax. Okay, Neutrogena, Ulta Cosmetics, all of these things that align with his pretend fantasy to be a woman. Again, when I was five and wanted to be Superman, okay, no one gave me a kryptonite endorsement because it was all pretend. Okay, but that's where we are now. We are literally pretending and telling the people who call it out with actual fact and biology that they're bigots. We're screaming at them until they comply. Well, what's ultimately starting to happen, and this is where I think the Bud Light thing is so valuable, is it's giving a voice to a lot of people to finally feel confident pushing back because they've seen the strength they have in numbers. If $3 billion came off Bud Light's market cap, that's not because 50 or 100 people yelled and screamed. 50 or 100 people yell and scream when the Democrats get their way on social media in a tyranny of the minority. That's what they do. It just takes one person to say, I'm mad, and one lazy writer to write an article saying, people are mad on Twitter. And the next thing you know, a brand's like, oh, gee, I don't want this backlash. I better give this mob what they want. Okay, and that's how they've gotten as far as they have on the left. But now we're living in an age where there's a counter mob that's actually biologically informed and sick of putting up with the garbage. <laughs> The show that sees through the bully. My response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America. The party doesn't have to end. Taking my talents over to TV, I will be on the Sean Hannity Show on the Fox News Channel tonight at 9 p.m. That is a live studio audience. 
And at 7 o'clock, hey girl, I am hosting The Kennedy Show on Fox Business, the show that gave me my start here in the Fox Orbit. I was a writer for Kennedy. I'd come on during the week and be a panelist once in a while. Uh, Well, I am back in the host chair filling in for the K-Train, who is, of course, one half of the Laughs and Liberty Tour. Uh, We're going on the road starting May 6th. We'll be in Reading, Pennsylvania, May the 20th. We will be in Clearwater, Florida, June the 3rd in Davenport, Iowa, June the 10th in Mesa, Arizona, and June the 24th, we will be in Lexington, Kentucky. Then we spend July at the Holland Civic Center in Holland, Michigan, uh, July the 29th at the Grand Opera House in St. Mary's, Ohio, and then August the 25th at the Green Valley Ranch out in Henderson, Nevada. Going to be in Vegas, baby. It's going to get rowdy. But tonight I'm all about the TV. Check me out on Kennedy at 7 in the host chair wearing a fine jacket. I don't know. I actually like it. The fashion police don't sound like they're fans, but I stand by the purchase And then I will take the talents back over to the Fox News channel to join Sean Hannity at 9 o'clock. But either way you slice it, this show, it is over. Uh, We had a fabulous time. Uh, But you've got to pay up. You've got to get out. Uh, You can go be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. You could be a Libertarian. We don't care. Just don't be a From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.